live from Hollywood, USA, the entertainment capital of the world. This is a very special edition of the Rumor Mail for March 1st, 2020. Your only source for drama, gossip, tea, and speculation from the world of RuPaul's Drag Race. Bonjour, ladies. It's time for Cheesecake. The Rumor Mill starts now. Motherfucker, my name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of this very special edition of the Rumor Mill. But I'm joined, as always. You guys haven't heard from us in a long time. Even though we do this show on Patreon every week, it just hasn't been on the public feed in months. But yeah. she's the goddess of glitz, glamour, goth, gossip, and gore herself. Please give it up for the one and only Ms. Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori. Shut up! <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is not your typical episode of the rumor mill. In fact, we're just doing an intro right here. Uh, because about a month ago, I think it was. That sounds about right. Uh, we have a Patreon supporter who's also a former contestant on the show. Ooh. Yeah. Dita Ritz from season four joined us. Yeah. Uh, for a, 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 a wide-ranging interview. It was actually really, really... I thought it was going to be like 10 minutes, Lori, and it turned out to be like 40 minutes long, you know, or almost yeah. an hour. It was a really long uh, interview that she gave us her time. She shared her thoughts on a lot of things that were going on about a month ago in the world of Drag Race, but also about her time on season four. And so since there was no new episode this week, I thought we would, you know, let you guys listen to it. But Lori, what... What were your thoughts on on the interview with Dieter Ritz? Oh, so amazing. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. They, like, I just loved t- listening to them talk about their history with drag. And mm-hmm. I just, I thought it was a very uh, interesting conversation. Uh, sans me, per usual. So, you know. You were there. What are you uh, talking about? I'm just no. I'm saying that Dita Ritz carried the conversation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She was fantastic. Yeah. And also, we were joined because he's a big Dita Ritz fan. So I I let him come on the show. Uh, Evan Ayers from the old version of the Rumor Mill also joined us. Uh, we're not gonna play. Should I play the beginning part too? Nah. Just when when we come when 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 we come back, you'll hear Evan is there as well. So it's Evan, me, and Lori. Uh. Mm-hmm chatting with Dita Ritz. She she weighs in on her thoughts on season 13 up to that point. She weighs in on any of the drama that had been occurring at the time when we recorded this episode. And then she weighs in on season four. She doesn't hold back. And she'll probably be on again in the future, Laura. I mean, she's a Patreon supporter. She likes the show. Ooh. By the way, by the way, uh, for those of you out there, she's constantly having these amazing digital drag shows that she does sometimes by herself, sometimes with her, her, her drag race friends, like the Vixen, uh, and follow her on Instagram at Dita Swag over there on Instagram. Now, by the way, she has 
a gajillion times more followers than I do. But you never know. Maybe there's someone who doesn't follow Dita Ritz. Uh, and they can go ahead and follow her. Lori, before we throw it over to the interview, do you have any final thoughts? No, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was the first time that I've enjoyed doing the rumor mill. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, with that, let's throw it over right to Dita Ritz. All right, Evan, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on these headlines. Um, uh, okay. Uh, and I'm also here. <laughs> well, well they're, they're very drag. We're going to talk about Elliot with two T's. Who Evan, and I, you know what? To force Evan to listen to the show, I relate Evan and Elliot with two T's on the show. You come, you come up with the oh. latest episode, Evan. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know how I'm going to feel yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. So oh. you have to listen to the show to Elliot, find out. Wait, I have a question. Elliot with two, two T's, but one L or two L's? I believe two L's as well. That's too much. Yeah. That's isn't, too her, much. isn't her name actually Elliot Fouquet or something, but they made her change it? Isn't that the deal? Oh, really? I, I, think, she, I think she has like an, a last name that's like, it, it wasn't clear for TV. So that's that, that, I've never understood the two T's thing, but I could be wrong. Right. So we're going to talk about Elliot with two T's and her, and her drama. We're going to talk about uh, Soju. You know, we're oh. going to talk about that. Uh, oh. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, and then... uh, oh, what? Sorry, I don't... Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Look. Oh, my God. Lori, look who it is. Oh, it's my God. season four icon, Dita Ritz. What? Hey, Dita. Well, Dita, first oh. of all, unmute yourself. Oh, there she there is. Hello. Hey, girl. Oh, my God. I, what oh, my, my God. <laughs> I know what a packed what a packed show today uh, on the I rumor mill. And I heard you guys on the rumor report. I thought, why not stop by? Oh, yeah! Wow, it's a party. It well, I don't know why Lori leaves the door open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave the door open. Anybody will walk in nowadays, child. Yeah. Yes. Well, get, some days you might get a washed up twunk, and other days you might get Drag Race royalty. You never know. Right. Yeah. You just scroll through. Or yeah, some days both on the same day. So there you go. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Dita, you know, I'm going to ask you the question that I'm sure you get asked the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready. If Lori and I go to Chicago, because <laughs> we're both fat people, where are you taking us to eat? Oh, my God. There's so many great places in Chicago to eat, too. It depends what you, what you would be in the craving for. If you like sushi, we could go to um, this really good place called Nori Sushi. Oh. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a mood for some Caribbean food, we can go to Auntie Joy's. They have oh. oxtail or chicken. Um, they just opened a Halal Guys here, which I've never had Halal Guys. Yeah, Halal um, Guys is pretty oh. good. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, I know right now, like, obviously, with all the quarantine and the pandemic stuff going on, you know, it sucks that people can't um, enjoy the fine dining that Chicago offers, but mm-hmm. we have so many great restaurants. It would just depend what you were in a mood for. You want pizza? We can go to Uno. We can go mm-hmm. to, it just depends what you're in a taste for. Oh, that's well. what people stop Dean on the streets to ask. Yeah. ask it. It's weird. Yeah. They're constantly. <laughs> oh, you want, really Lori, Lori, you want to hear a story? And it kind of <laughs> relates to what's been going on right here. So, so I do a, a, a test call with Dita like earlier, right? Uh-huh. The, okay, it's working. Yada, yada. Okay, we're going to come on. This is how it's going to work. And then, you know, I know that Dita's a big Golden Girls fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go, uh, uh, so Dita, I go, like, I know she listens to Drag Race. I know she was recapping and blah, blah, blah. 
And I go, uh, you know, what about the Shady Pines? And he's like, what? And I go, we have that Golden Girl show, Shady Pines. He's like, oh, yeah, I listen to a couple. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've listened to a few before, but I mean, hello, I love a good Golden Girls episode. I mean, we could, I could sit here and talk about all of the go. I mean, my favorite oh. episode by far is the the first episode of season four when Sophia and um, Blanche are dating the same guy and she says uh, it was Sophia's night to take a bath and she literally says I'm gonna go take a bath where the water barely uh, touches my bosom and Sophia got her right back she said you're only gonna take a bath in an inch of water and I will <laughs> never forget that line so okay. I, love, I love the Golden Girls so Sorry, note just, no, note to self Season oh four, episode one of Shady Pines. We're going to have Dita on, but oh, absolutely, but absolutely. but moving on, moving on. Evan, you, you know what are... this reminds me of oh, a little God. bit is is if the president of Discovery Plus walked mm-hmm. around to all their friends and go, "Do you watch every single show that I have on my streaming network?" Yeah. No. Well, then fuck you. I didn't say fuck you. <laughs> I just said here's what's funny. Now, Evan, you are our resident uh, drag race savant. What can you? What is some of the tea you have on us and Dita? I have questions. That ask her but maybe you have questions or tea that you want to talk about um okay first of all i gotta get this out of the way dita i it is such a pleasure to meet you i am it's just as like i am such a freaking huge drag race fan so this is this is awesome for us and thank you so much for being here okay. um questions of things that we know about dita i mean everyone obviously knows the iconic lipstick with um natalie cole which i'm sure you've been talking people have been talking about for years um i didn't really come with any questions i was gonna like um gosh Give me a second. Let me think right. about it. I want to. I do want to talk about this Natalie Cole thing. First of all, yeah. Dita, is it weird that did you ever think, you know, because you they, you know they tell you to do the lip sync yada 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 yada, and uh, did you ever think that you would be forever and you know linked to this song? Like this is now your song, right? This is like how often do you perform it? Even a year. Oh my god, I've, I've, it's, it's, it, it's been growing more and more and more. You know, I always say like when, the, when it first happened with the lip sync, you know, I think you're in like a traumatized, yeah. kind of like PTSD because it's like you go home if you don't land the lip yeah. sync. So it took me a really long time to really embrace the song. And I think it wasn't honestly until like, which I don't know if this is sad or not, but it wasn't until like Natalie called passed away because mm-hmm. a lot of people were reaching out to me and were like saying how that performance that, you know, that whole lip sync really like made them deal with her passing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also people were just like, you know, checking in on me, like, how are you feeling? And it's crazy how like the, you know, I haven't had a lot of celebrity run-ins, but I've had a few celebrity run-ins and even like uh, celebrities I meet, they know, that's how they know me, like through that, which is insane. Always, Mm -hmm. you know, to meet any celebrity, like CeCe Peniston, for instance. Yeah. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, Rashawn Houston, who was a big known house uh, performer, he yeah. was friends with her. And so he uh, he was on FaceTime with her one time. And uh, I just popped in really quickly to say hi to her. And she said, I love that lip sync, girl. And I was so shocked because I was like, I love you. Like, yeah. it is. It, I'm happy that it makes people feel good. And I'm glad that, you know, I think on Drag Race, we all, as queens who go on Drag Race, we all want to be remembered for something. If it isn't for the runways, our mm-hmm. fashion sense, our you know, I did read everything. I really like, I'm a performer. That's what yeah. I do. I'm a performer and I'm a stage performer. I love to perform. And so I'm glad that people associate me with a performance, you know, and not necessarily like starting trouble or drama. Yeah, or anything. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. Trouble. But, you know, I'm glad that I am known for being a great performer, you know, and that's what people reference all the time. So my question, I say, I okay, say, go ahead, Evan. Sorry. No, go, Evan, I go ahead. I'd say I, 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 I remember, you know, between performer and also like one of the most like, one of the first like actual like fierce 
front of my walkers. Of the, I remember like on season four, like your like I remember your your legs obviously first of all, but like the runway itself. That was one of the as a little gay kid. I remember being like, that's how you should be walking down a runway. Yeah, yeah. So I spent years watching. Uh, I used to watch all the fashion shows when I was young, and I would literally just be like, anytime I could catch the fashion shows on television, I would record them on the VCR. Yes, I'm that old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I would I would study, you know, all the Victoria's Secret fashion shows. I would study all the girls, how they walk, Naomi Campbell, all of them. And so, you know, I'd also like the the season before me, um, the person I always loved on the runway in season three was Raja. Yeah. I loved how she walked. So mm-hmm. I always was like, I always told myself, like, if I ever did get on Drag Race, like, own these runways like Raja does. Yeah. <laughs> now, did, did I don't know if you know, did you know already that Natalie Cole was going to be on the judges panel? No, I mean, oh. you don't really know who's going to be the judges until, like, literally you Rue tells you right then and there. Yeah. Um, and we were supposed to actually have, like, another song that we were supposed to lip sync to. And the funny thing was that um, I remember them changing the song like the second day before we had to lip sync um, and before the eliminations happened. And I remember I went to go do my interviews and I come back into the workroom and the, uh, there's like, you know, there's all these producers. So there's like the, 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 uh, the, like the mission producers, like the yeah. challenge producers, who like yeah. come up with the challenge ideas. And he stopped me and he said, just to give you a heads up, tomorrow's lip sync is going to be Natalie Cole. And I was like, okay, cool. And I remember I knew the song because my drag mother performed the song. Everybody around me performed the song. It's a very big drag staple song. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I know that. I just need to like brush up on it, you know? So mm-hmm. I just earbuds in and listened. <laughs> yeah, but then you you go out there and she now it because not only are you lip syncing for your life, but Natalie Cole is sitting there watching you sing. And I remember I know the lip sync backwards and forwards. You're actually performing it to her directly, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, like yeah, that you know the judges they sit off to the side, but they yeah. were like definitely like when I was performing it. I mean, it was her and RuPaul. Those are the two people I was like staring at, and I was like giving emotion to, and I mean. I remember there were definitely moments of like looking at her. And uh, when I say, I think I say, refine my mind. And there's yeah. like a moment where you kind of look at her and I do, because I was so honored to be able to have that moment of like, you know, you see drag queens all the time doing this song. And then I, here I am, I actually get to perform the mm-hmm. song in front of her. Um, it was just, you know, that was also what I think made me really want to do good was because I was like, this is Natalie Cole. Like, yeah. this is a icon. Literally, you are performing her music right now mm-hmm. in front of her. Like, yeah. do not mess this up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and she I, was I, looking I, for it. Oh, yeah. She was. I still say to this day, I mean, there's, there's never been a lip sync where they have thrown handkerchiefs and yeah. napkins in the air. And, yeah, you know, even that was all, it was crazy. Cause I remember when I was done performing, I was walking back to my spot and, you know, backstory, I honestly didn't feel like I should have been in the bottom of that episode. Yeah. So I was kind of mad about being <laughs> in the bottom. And then I also had to lip sync against Princess, was Princess and I are friends. And so it was really, really tough. And I remember when I turned around and looked back, just seeing Natalie waving the, like, it made me feel good. Like, no matter what happens, like, I've never seen that in three seasons, you know, where the judges pick up the handkerchiefs to do all that. So it made me feel very happy. Okay, now here's my question, a behind the scenes kind of question. Mm-hmm. From what I've heard, and maybe you can confirm or deny, but it's like it's not as quick as people think, right? So it's like the the song ends, and then Rue consults with the producers for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a long time, and then you guys go back in, in position, and then they they pick up where they left off. So during that time, is Natalie saying anything to you, or like when you're? Nope. Is just everyone's quiet. No, she's, not saying, she's not saying anything. Of we we're not really allowed to communicate. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, when you're there in those situations with any of the judges, mm-hmm. with any of the guest judges, 
you have to really sneak those moments. I mean, when Regina King and um, Loretta Devine were there as judges, like I yeah. was in awe over them because I yeah. grew up watching them and I love them so much. I had to like quickly make eye contact with them and literally just be like, I love you, you know? Yeah. So we really didn't get to have like any communication with her or anything mm-hmm. unless it was the critiques, you know, the critiques yeah. are the only time you really can like get that moment to talk to them and really be like, try to like have a personal moment. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it is very much like that. You perform the lip sync, uh, Rue walked away for, uh, you know, I don't think it was, it was maybe like maybe five minutes. Yeah. She walked away, maybe 10 minutes at the most, but mm-hmm. like she walks away and then she comes back and she gets reset and, you know, they, they literally, you know, pick who's going to stay and who's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I think people don't realize it. Like you hear music and you see editing. So like, that's what people like see on TV. But when you're actually there, it's like dead silent. <laughs> it's just like quiet and, you know, it's like, it's really uncomfortable and nerve-wracking. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one of the questions I, have I would have... Question. Oh, oh, God. Sorry. Okay, white person wants to talk. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, it's it's not uh, based off the show, though. So oh. you, I can I can wait if you want, if you still have questions regarding the Oh, yeah. The well, th- I, just out of curiosity, what is the subject of your question? It's just uh, performing, you know, and in, in, in during the pandemic. Okay, well, okay. we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, uh... You know, one of the things I always love is that when, you know, when you see the queens uh, performing, behind them are the queens living for the performance. Do, are there monitors that you can see, Dita, or is it you're just living for the performance from what you're seeing behind, when you're, you're standing back there? Behind, you're living for the great ass pads and mm-hmm. the, like, you know, the backside. <laughs> I mean, you really don't see the lip sync unless they turn around to do something and then you see it. So you're really living for the the movement, the stunts, the the hair flips, the you know, just the, 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 as we like to say, the charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent of it all. You yeah. Know, that's really what you're living. But yeah, we don't, um, I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe now they do, but I haven't heard that. Yeah. You, there's no monitors or anything. You really are going off of like what you see them doing. Uh-huh. And then you're also kind of going off of the judges, you know, my whole like mode of like how everything was, is I looked at RuPaul the entire time I was yeah. there. If Ru was happy and smiling, then I knew everything was going well. Uh, if Ru looked annoyed quite like he did in Snatch Game our, our season, yeah. I, I knew to stay on my best behavior because, you know, you just don't want to be on the bad side of RuPaul. So. Which is so funny because, okay, well, you know, you know what? This is related to your backside question. One of my favorite lip syncs, just for the craziness of it all, is when Latrice was lip syncing against uh, little Kenya Michaels. Oh, dear. And oh, Latrice dear. is, you know, giving her her all. And then Kenya's doing crazy. So you're seeing the back of her just doing all these crazy ass ballet moves. What was RuPaul's yeah. like, face like then? actually asking the girls what that was like it was it was it was i mean and i love little kenya she is i mean it's so stunning and beautiful but it was all over the place you know i think that uh when you perform songs and i think that that's something i've noticed with um drag race is that uh when some girls get songs dealt to them during lip syncs Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily know how to convey that on stage like when Mm -hmm. they do ballads or when they do songs that really don't evolve a lot i've seen girls literally like doing ballads like songs but they're like all over the place and it's like okay girl like that's just not what that's for and i felt like that was that moment of mm-hmm. you know natural woman is supposed to be like latrice owned that like yeah. she was, i think they were pregnant was the whole idea yeah. and yeah like you know she was rubbing on her belly and she was just i mean she was she was giving me like some like big known pop like diva at like the grammys performing pregnant and you mm-hmm. know like beyonce literally just giving me that fantasy of like i'm pregnant with child feeling like a natural woman so I, for I guess what I when I talked to the girls it was it was it was a little awkward and weird and then you know there was the ripping off of the wig yeah you know, I'm oh, glad gee, that, no, that was that season yeah so Jeez. Evan 
Evan, why don't you jump in? I, I feel like you've had something to ask or say. Oh no, I was I was just curious back to like the back to just the main stage and stuff. On average, like how long, Dita, are you all actually like on your feet for these critiques and like like I I because I'm I asked because like uh, this weekend like I like we like tried to put on like, a pair of heels like vacuum the apartment and like even mm-hmm. that was like murder and like I just can't like and you must because they always say that on talk they come back like well I gotta sit down I gotta sit down but like actually how long is that because I can only imagine how excruciating that is. Uh, it depends. It really depends. Usually, usually like um, judges critiques when you're standing on that stage, you can go anywhere from like 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, sometimes two hours. I, I, you. That's why sometimes when you and I think that this, I don't think this goes for every show, but definitely in Drag Race, when you hear the girls say, "Oh my God, I thank God I'm safe." A lot of times, it's like, "I just thank God I can get off my feet." Like it really mm-hmm. is about <laughs> feeling like I'm playing the game safe. It's like. Oh my god, my feet hurt so bad, you know. And so it can go anywhere between like forty-five minutes to an hour. I mean, if you have, you know, there were times I remember where, um, you know, you would defend yourself to the judges too. So if you're standing there and a judge is saying something maybe that you don't agree with, you know, you will defend that. And so that will prolong time. You know, they take about fifteen twenty minutes on each girl, and you have to go through each judge. And there's like a whole thing that Rue does. You know, what did you think of so and so on the runway? What did you think of so and so in the challenge? You know, um, so it really just takes time. It just really matters, like, how much you're willing to, like, grunt, grunt and bear it. I have heard, though, from some of the girls who have done, like, some of the newer seasons of All-Stars, they told me that they are allowed to take their shoes off when the camera isn't on them to get critiqued. Oh. So that's nice. Like, that, I, I'm assuming that they probably do that for regular drag race, too, because it is, I mean, high heels are gorgeous. I love a good high stiletto, like, six-inch heel. But that is not good for your feet to be standing on for like an hour straight and not giving, you know, like, you know, in, in drag queens, a lot of us are just big old heavy men, you know, like <laughs> yeah. a lot of weight on a stiletto heel. So uh, it just depends. Because okay. it was your season. It was just, I think William talked about it too. It was your season that girls to take their shoes off and Rue would get, would get upset about it. Or was oh, it the wigs? So upset. She would get so upset. Yeah. And I loved, this is why I love Latrice because He's, I think yeah. Latrice is like our, Latrice was like our, um, at times was like our, we understood like if Latrice could do it and get away with it, then we all could. So there were times <laughs> where like Latrice would take her shoes off and she literally, like she told RuPaul, I remember one time, like the balls of my feet are in pain. Like I'm not standing in these hills anymore. Like I'm, I'm in pain. And I think that that kind of started helping them see like, oh, okay. Like that is, this is torture for them to be standing in their heels, you know, and we all look like Clydesdale horses. Cause you know, we're just doing that thing of like resting each <laughs> leg and it's, oh, it's, it's, but I also think the judges get a little humor about it too. <laughs> I think that yeah. they kind of. Meanwhile, Meanwhile this, RuPaul, RuPaul's behind like uh, yeah. there in his, in his sweatpants and his wow. is so Reeboks. <laughs> like, so come on. Comfortable. Ooh, so, comfortable. <laughs> so comfortable. All right, Lori, ask your boring question. Well, I actually have a couple questions now. Uh, one of them is regarding the logistics of the show. As far as the confessionals, are those done like, do you guys, are you guys pulled away throughout the day or are they done at a certain time? Do you, are they told like, if you get into, like, if you're doing something, are they told like, oh, remember this moment? Cause we're going to, you're going to talk about it or how do the confessionals work? Um, so they have these things called story producers. And so the story producers are, literally under the table um you know they're like kind of like creating the idea of how they want the that kind of the ambiance of the room to be and um so usually what they're doing is they're you know they're like they're they're keeping notes they're taking so for instance if like i had a problem with so-and-so then when you sit down in the interview to do your interview confessionals then they have all their notes of what they've oh. observed 
And then they pull, they do pull girls out in between the day. Um, sometimes they like to do it after runways. It, it, I think it just changes from even like when I've talked to recent girls of like this season, it's just, it, it's cha- it changes all throughout every season. But I remember like it would be throughout the day. And then sometimes like, you know, I remember one, one uh, episode I had, I got to like come in a little earlier and work for an hour before we all actually had to go in and film because my interview took so long and I had kind of raised a little hell and was like, well, that's not fair. Like I was in interviews for almost like this many amount of time and I still need to finish my thing. And like, I'm not about to get like, you know, like, so you you make a fuss about it. They understand and respect it, but yeah, it just, it's different. You know, sometimes after the runway, they'll interview like some of the girls Um, throughout the day, they'll pull girls out. But yeah, it's just, the story producers are keeping track of everything you're doing on camera and they kind of, they kind of monitor you or like, you know, on the monitors and stuff. And then they'll ask those questions like, so you rolled your eyes when so-and-so said this, what does that mean? Or what did you think of someone, you know, they really, they really do pay attention to you. Cause I think that it's like one, one or two people that it's like one person who was in charge of like two Queens apart, a piece, you know, so they're able to really like focus on maybe these two Queens are, um, or like Jacqueline Wilson, may she rest in peace. She was my story producer. And so she, she, like, she was like only my story producer. So like, you know, she was the one who always was kind of focused on me. Oh, well, I'm so sorry that for your loss and everything that that's, uh, um, I have a question regarding the now with the pandemic. Um, are you still able to do some kind of performing, uh, as far as like, you know, uh, with all the craziness going on right now and, uh, the chat room wants to know, like, what's the one thing you miss the most about um, performing? Oh my god! Well, the one thing I miss the most about performing definitely is is just the dressing room fun that you have with the other entertainers, and 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 you know, like the idea of like, oh my god, does somebody have a hairpin, or can I use this can of hairspray, or um, who has nail glue, or something like that? Just like really like the camaraderie that we all kind of have. Uh, with each other in the show. Um, recently, we did this whole thing with Denali Fox, who was on this season her, uh, with her and Kamora. We did a whole video and it was, um, everybody was slotted to show up on time. You know, they were very professional about the COVID restrictions and everything. But even just with the small group of us that were on set filming and, and social distancing and everything, it was still so much fun to like be there and like be around all the other queens and really have the conversation because I, I do miss that. I miss people think the show is on stage, but the show is really truly behind the curtain. It's backstage. It's it's all the fun and the gags and the goopery of it all. So yeah. um, I guess what I've been doing for quarantine performing, I've just been doing a lot of like digital shows, you know. I have my own digital show. I do like uh, twice a month um, and I usually try to devote one show to drag kings and then I devote another one to just showcasing drag. Um, it's called Details the Drag Show, mm-hmm. uh, which, and oh I've also just been doing a lot of digital shows. I mean, I consider my, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was very stressed out because I had spent so many years um, really building up, you know, building up like, you know, my connections with people and, and all types of stuff. And I felt like when the pandemic hit, I was like, literally, I, I hit a brick wall. And so I, I've really been thankful, at least that during the pandemic, I have been able to work and make somewhat of some money to pay somewhat of a bill, you know, um, because there are a lot of drag performers out here right now that aren't getting any work or any shows or any bookings, which is why I started my show, because I felt like I wanted to be able to give the opportunity at least to, you know, put money in these entertainers pockets. You know, yeah. I don't think people really understand like how much it costs to do what we do, but then also live our, our life that is not drag. 
you know, yeah. to pay bills, to get groceries, mm-hmm. to pay your rent, pay your mortgage, to, you know, pay your lighting bill, like all that stuff, you yeah. know, and you know, Comcast and AT&T do not care if you're Dita Ritz. They want mm-hmm. their money. So, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Now, Evan, do you have anything else? Because there's some questions in the chat room, but I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. Yeah, I'm, I just want I, I wanted a, a quick follow up or an interesting point about the interview questions. Um, back for Lori's comment, your season was your season, or maybe season five was the last season before they implemented like. Yet now the queens have to like have the same like the same interview like look, so they can make a more like mm-hmm. uniform story. For mm-hmm. your season, like you, that wasn't a thing, right? You just wore whatever. So you, it was. You, you remember the show, like how it's like very obvious. Yeah. You can tell like where they've like chopped things. Yeah. And it, it's, um, I think that's great. I just that was just a thought I had, but I wasn't sure if it was your season or season five that they stopped doing that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it was it was season five because I remember when I talked to Laganja, she was telling me about her curl in her head. Yeah, she was telling me about the curl. You could tell sometimes the curl was thrown together, and then there were times where she quaffed it really good. So yeah, no, I I don't know. I I feel like if I was to ever go back on All Stars and have that experience, I would have to make sure my my confessional look was very simple and easy. So I wouldn't have, you know, it, it, the continuity would be good. Give me a ball yeah. cap and a big oversized sweater. I'll be done. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So Dita, uh, what's really weird, and we have a question in the chat room from our, uh, what's weird is our resident weirdest fan, Luke Stamen. His question to you is your weirdest fan interaction. Oh, you can uh, feel free to say this moment. Right yeah, now. yeah. Aside yeah. from this moment, <laughs> well, besides this moment, uh, <laughs> um, I, oh, oh my god, I think anytime. I mean, there's been a there's been a few. <clears throat> I, I would say anytime for me when people are really excited to see me or to the point where I can't even talk to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm as excited to meet, you know, the fans too. Yeah. So there's been times where like I meet fans and they're so excited and they're like crying and they can barely get out words. Yeah. And I'm like, baby, breathe, just breathe, just mm-hmm. breathe. And it is a little, um, it isn't mm-hmm. awkward or weird, but it is a little uncomfortable for me because then I like want to talk to them and I'm like having conversation. And I'm staring at them and I'm giving them eye contact and I can see in their face. They're just like, I don't know what to say. I'm so terrified. Like, yeah. either it's, and I, I notice that like things like drag cons when I do meet and greets, you know, like people will come up and talk to me and I start just talking to people like, oh my God, I love your hair. I love your makeup. I love this. I love that. Oh my God. This is, I have that. Oh, that's so cute. And they're so stunned by mm-hmm. like, because I think that it's maybe a human moment mm-hmm. uh, that they get from me that it is always, it makes for a little awkwardness, but I'm also like learning how to handle those situations and like break that ice, you know, because yeah. I mean, I think about like, if I was to meet, you know, Beyonce or something, I'd probably be the same way. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know, very frozen and very like nervous and like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting her, like whatever. And she would probably just be sitting there like, girl, I am, I got bills to pay. Like, you know, there's a, there's a really, uh, a really amazing comedian named uh, Eddie Izzard. And she's actually, she just came out recently as transsexual. And uh, she, uh, she I, I did a, a comedy thing in Canada one time and she was sitting on a sofa and my brother walked up to me. He's like, what are you doing? You're circling this poor person. And I had been circling Eddie Izzard for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> like I just, like I, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, just circling. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I just kept circling her. And I was just like, I want to say something, but I couldn't think of what to say. So I just kept circling. So yeah, trust me. I, I, I have that even with like other, like non, like, you know, not even, like I have that with drag queens in the industry when I meet them and I'm like, and I, you know, Coco Peru, 
I met her. I was like in shock when I met her because it was my season of Drag Race being premiered, and I was with Raja and all the girls, and it was my really my first time being in, in the LA like drag like queer scene. So I was like super like I was nervous and I was also excited. And I remember just meeting her and thinking like, oh my god, like she knows who I am. And then even at the last DragCon New York that they had before the pandemic, she introduced me before I went on stage and performed. And I looked at my boyfriend and just thought like. When I was young, if you had told me that Coco Peru was somebody who I could know on like a first name basis, I'd be like, how you doing, girl? Like that, I, it, you know, I would have never thought that. But I mean, I get extremely nervous in front of her because she's an icon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Perfect. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, by the way, when, go, go ahead, Evan. What were you going to say? I was, I was thinking when Joe, when Joe took me to the Drag Race uh, season nine finale, I had that moment with Sasha Velour when we were, I was like waiting for a oh, drink. Yeah. And I just remember saying that, like, with, like, with our two drinks, I was just like, I can see how that could happen with her. I get giddy when I'm around her, too, because she's just so phenomenal. Yeah, and I'm always, like, afraid of, like, looking like a 14-year-old girl. So I'm like, it's better that I don't say anything than just, like, look here like a nervous little clammy kid. But uh, 14-year-old girl, you'll be perfect with the drivers. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Evan, Evan, you're not a 14-year-old girl. I'm but actually a pig. I'm a pig trapped in a boy's body. <laughs> Oh, okay. Pig lit yeah. these days. Yeah. I'm just a full pig um, these days. Yeah. Okay, one more question from the chat room. Okay, first of all, everyone, Dita, is saying that they want to see you in All Stars. I'm sure it's a question you get a lot. So let me, let's me let just get that out of the way. There's one more question, then we'll get to the rumors and stuff like that. All Stars, what's the story? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. You know, I have um, – I know that this is crazy because there is, there is like, um, the rumors or, like, uh, lately there's been a lot of – Things that have been out there, like about, oh, I got the call, but I declined it, or I got the call and they replaced me, or I got the call. I've never talked to World of Wonder ever about All Stars. I have, I would do All Stars. Um, I, I, I have my own kind of like predictions of why I've never been asked to do All Stars, but I don't like to get that deep in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I just always tell people is that if you want to see, not even just me, but like if you want to see your favorite queen on the show or on All Stars, people have to make noise and they have to make waves, you know. I don't think people really understand like how that speaks to the producers and also how that speaks to entertainment as a whole. If like there's such a wave of people that are talking about this one individual, like it 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 prompts the producers and 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 the people who really do make the decisions to be like, okay, maybe we need to give this queen a chance, or maybe we need to give her more shout out and love. And I use the example of like somebody like Trixie Mattel. You know, yeah. when Trixie came on the show, a lot of people. Uh, I think we're skeptical about her. They really didn't know. Then they fell in love with her. By the time she got eliminated, I mean, it was justice for Trixie Mattel. So, and you know, and it, and it, it caught, and, and granted that was pre-recorded and she came back and all that. But even after that, it was a wave of like people who love her to the point where like, I'm sure there's people probably in the chat now like, don't come for Trixie, Dita. You know, like people love her. So it's like, you have to understand that like, if you want to see your favorite queens on the show, even Drag Race, you know, all stars, even like, you know, if they do another Vegas review show or work the world or whatever, you have to like almost annoy the people who do those things because I, and I don't say this to be rude. I just say this to be honest. I think that they have their favorites and I don't think that they're not, I don't think they're not accustomed to picking outside their favorites, but I think that they would rather pick their favorites because maybe they already know how they, how they act, how they work. Are they easy to work with? You know, I've, um, I was watching the, the, they they did those work the world documentaries and I was watching a few of them and I watched the one with Kim Chi and the the uh, Brandon Voss had said you know Kim Chi is welcomed anytime on this tour you know she's easy to work with she's professional and I think that that's just a testament to entertainment you know people want to work with people that they already know how they work and how they behave and everything and so I think that is maybe that plays a little bit into it because I do my I kind of walk on my own road as a drag race girl I don't do the tours I don't 
you know, and the truth is I just don't get invited to that stuff. I mean, I would do it. I just, I don't get invited. I don't get asked to do those things. So, um, but I would, I would do all stars and, you know, I would, honey, I would want to, I would win because <laughs> mama, I just, you know, everyone else, every other queen has had their 40 acres in the mule when it comes to drag race, except me. So. Luckily for you, luckily for you I, I do appreciate that All-Stars has started because obviously your season, season four, like that's, it's not an old, it's considered an older season now because there's mm-hmm. so many, but they've been good about bringing back cast members from, from one, two, three, four, and five. So I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that that. I think they've like run out of five. I think they've run what? out of five. I think they've run out of five oh. and two. You know, unless yeah. they bring oh, they back definitely round out of five and two and nine and everything else, child. Oh they my gosh. Look, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, agree yeah. with you. I like when they bring on, like when they brought on Tatiana, I thought that was like so fun to mm-hmm. be like someone like Tatiana who was gone for a minute, but then she came back and they even brought BB back, who was the first winner to get her a whole like reparation mm-hmm. and her representation yeah. fairly. So no, I, I believe the time will come. I just am, I am. What I'm learning in this moment right now with that, because I used to be very anxious about it myself and be like, I want to be on All-Stars. I want to be on All-Stars. But the thing that I'm learning right now is that it will happen when the time like is right. And right now, I my career is really in a really great place. You know, I think that people definitely are talking about me and there are people who want to see more of me. And so I'm just I'm letting, you know, I'm letting I'm letting the talk happen. I'm letting people kind of start that conversation and i'm just working and letting my work speak for itself all right two really quick questions and we'll get to the news uh spiral i'm not spiral i'm sorry uh pinball wizard wants to know where did you get the cheesecake that you left for the other girls once you were eliminated oh the production team okay (laughs) when i got eliminated i asked i literally as soon as i walked off the like runway i said to the producers when they were taking me through to like you know uh, D-Drag and all that stuff. And I, I said to them, I said, is there a way I can leave cheesecake for the girls? Because at that point, you know, I was, you know, I always say this, when I was on Drag Race, I just didn't know about, like, how, like, what to do for TV. I didn't know about storylines. I didn't know about the whole idea of, like, for the television. You know, when I, mm-hmm. I would say cheesecake, literally, because all the girls would laugh, like, Latrice would start laughing and, you know, um, Jiggly would start laughing and their laughs are all infectious to me. So mm-hmm. I would just start saying them, saying cheesecake just to get them to laugh and then Willem being who, you know, being the television persona that she is, he was like, girl, keep saying cheesecake. Just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. It will stick with you. And I always thought, girl, please, whatever. That ain't going to stick with me to this day. Literally, everyone calls me Miss Cheesecake. And I, <laughs> I even say it myself. I say I'm, you know, Dita Ritz, a.k.a. Miss Cheesecake. So. All right. And then final question. I think you'll like this question. Uh, Humble Pie wants to know, who are some local Chicago girls we should all check out? Oh my God! Well, you know, Chicago definitely is on the map with drag. Um, Bambi Banks uh, and uh, Chloe uh, Chloe Coulee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both Shay's daughters. Um, both very talented queens. They do numbers together. They do like the whole Chloe and Haley X kind of vibe together. But then they're also very great separate. Um, Olasia is a very fierce queen. Beautiful brown skin, ebony goddess queen. Um, Debbie Fox, she's like a pinup type of vibe of drag. She's really well known in Boys Town. I've known her for a really long time. She's fabulous. Darby Lynn Cartwright, who I do the stuff with IMHO and the Detail Show. She's hilarious, and all of the IMHO girls, even like Alexis Bevels and Auntie Chan. There's there's so many. I mean, I could literally keep going. IBG, I you know just Sasha Love, Lucy Stool. I mean, it is so many great entertainers we have in Chicago, and I mean. They could literally just do a season of Drag Race off of Chicago Queens alone. I'm so surprised. That I just like that, that. I was saying that yesterday that season 13 is the first season that I've had two queens from Chicago like at the same time. That's crazy to me. I feel like Chicago Queens are like 
Ah, but there's always like 12 New York girls on every season, but this is yeah. the first time they're like, yeah, we're, they like we're like a hidden belt <laughs> in Chicago. And it's yeah. interesting too because I feel like there are other, okay, so here we go. Maybe I might throw a little shade, but like, I, I feel like there are um, a lot of people who sometimes like to discredit Chicago drag. And I think maybe because what they see online or they see that we're very blunt, we're honest because we love hard, but we also fight hard too with each other. And I think that, uh, some people don't really, I think, uh, understand like how maybe our politics here is. But you know, every drag scene's politics is different. But the thing I find so interesting is that everyone wants to move to Chicago to do drag. And it's, it, there was a moment I think like back in like 2018, it was literally everybody was moving here to do drag. It was it was crazy. It was a new drag queen popping up every week. Well, isn't Detox <laughs> back there now too? Detox is here. She is. She's back here. She's been back here for a few years now. Mm-hmm. She has a beautiful home. I haven't gone to see her home yet because um, she's in the middle of renovations and all that craziness that it takes. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she uh, she's moved back here and she's such a supporter of the community, too, because she's mm-hmm. originally from here, which I yeah. didn't know. Her oh. family lives here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's such a great supporter of the scene and she'll go to other people's shows. You know, we used to have Black Girl Magic shows at Roscoe's. She would come and support that or you know, shows at Berlin or whatever. She she's she's great. I love Detox so much. All right, let's buzz through these headlines really fast and we'll let you guys all go. Here we go. All right, the first story we're gonna talk about is this uh Elliot with two T's. I have a clip here. This was a while back. I think this was during last season. Yeah, during Jada Essence Hall season. And he's on a, a panel. You know, I just pulled the audio. So I can't remember who's in the panel with Dita. Maybe you remember. But uh, this is what Elliot with two T's said. And, of course, the Reddit detectives and the online people dug it up. Here we go. She is in a word. She's talking about Jada, right, Dita? I believe so. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was Simone. She was actually oh, talking maybe, about. Oh, is it? Oh, maybe this is recent. Okay, I could be wrong. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I think it's, she, I think it's Simone. It's Simone. Okay, never mind. Corrected. She is in a word black girl magic. Yeah, that is, that is what she brought. She felt that that should be her message, mm-hmm. and it was. And she, and but she, she did it so elegantly, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. It wasn't aggressive. You can't come for yeah. it. Wasn't it was aggressive. So it was done. Together. It was done you with tell. taste. You- okay. <laughs> A lot of problematic things said there. We have two people. We have two black girls here, Lori and Dita. But let's start with our oh, guest, no. Dita. Please don't. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> Dita, what was what was your hot take on that moment there? Um, you know, I think that people, as maybe specifically, we have to say this to white people, but I think that people, period, have to be very careful about words. And how they use them, you know, that's just really all I saw when I saw that video. I don't think that Elliot is a bad person. I don't think that she is this, you know, bigot or racist person. But I do think that um, when you speak about, especially like being a white person, you speak about black girl magic. And then you say like things like, oh, it wasn't forced or it wasn't this or that. Like, I just think you have to just be very careful with the words that you use when explaining, especially black culture at this point. You know, I think that drag queens, especially black drag queens, um, you know, I've always tried to tell the story of blackness through my drag since day one, but it's been something that I think that it's just been really, a lot of queens, a lot of black queens have been doing, and I think a lot of queens of color, period, have been trying to do, bringing their culture through to their drag and telling the story through that drag. You know, a lot of, you know, drag queens were all inspired by some type of woman, at least female-wise, uh, we're all uh, like somewhat inspired by some woman around us. So, you know, Simone is probably, she was probably inspired by the women that she grew up with and watching and, you know, seeing how they react and how they do things. 
I just think we have to be careful with the type of words that we use. And I mean, I personally think that black girl magic can be anything, you know, it, it can be aggressive. It can be beautiful. It can be glamorous. I mean, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that necessarily it, yeah. it's just one thing. And so, yeah. yeah, we just have to be careful with the words we use, especially when speaking about people of color yeah. um, and and what the energy that they're giving off. Mm-hmm. Evan, you're a cis white male. Why don't you explain to Dita why she's wrong? Yeah, as an expert on the matter. Uh, no, no, I think <laughs> totally kidding. No, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think Elliot strikes me as like someone like I think I think the issue people are having with it is that it, it it's very close to sounding like she's using the term um, like the the ABL angry, or ABW angry black woman like being mm-hmm. very strong and aggressive. And my thought my thought on is like that that alone is empowering. That's very powerful, but that doesn't have to be everyone's experience. So mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think like, I think this is an, my from how I'm taking this. Like I don't know Elliot obviously, but just sounds like a lack of like experience in like publicity speaking or just like maybe wrong place, wrong time. But it, I, she apparently has been getting like a lot of hate for this. And so I, I hope for her sake that she's not, um, she didn't mean this like out of a lot of malice. And I hope that this can blow over. Well, she's written a response. And oh, response, she has. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say it, I'll read through it really fast. She says, my intentions were never to refer to anyone's message as being aggressive. I was describing her drag, but the words I should have used were, runway ready to wear not over the top understand in a high fashion way the word aggressive was never meant and admittedly i misused the term black girl magic to describe her aesthetic and have been made aware that the term isn't a blanket statement for the appreciation of blackness but is inherently social in nature i want to celebrate her message and make sure more people are informed and educated on how to be more kind and loving in the future I appreciate the few that directly messaged me to actually <laughs> to actually discuss where I was coming from without bullying or fighting, and so I can understand how to word things in the future. I also want to learn and grow, not only as a performer, but as an individual advocate, supporter, and ally to the best of my abilities. I was not expecting to defend myself this morning, so I apologize for responding defensively initially. Move forward with kindness, understanding, and compassion, as well as an open mind. Dita, you were recently elected the president of black people. What is your response to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, at least that she is realizing like her wording wasn't correct and that it could have been better. That's that's to me as 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 being someone who's black and when I see white people speak about blackness and maybe sometimes put their foot in their mouth, that to me at least makes me happy knowing like okay, you saw what you said was maybe a little off and that you could have done better and you're you're moving forward with it. I I. I'm glad she said something about it. And I'm glad that whoever those few people were that reached out to her actually reached out to her and said something to her and like ed- helped educate her because I just really think we all could use a little education on, you know, how to, like, I want, like, I think we all can use a little education on definitely on our words, but also like how we explain people's culture. That's just yeah. what it is. I don't think that, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of like when somebody is Japanese and you just think it's okay to call them Chinese. It's like, we need to be respectful of people's culture and what the term black girl magic really means and the and the magic that simone was bringing to the stage yes. was that was her story that was mm-hmm. no it was it's not about it being aggressive or you know it being too much or over the top or anything it's about the fact that this is what this is the story that simone is bringing to the stage this is her black girl magic story Lori, so i just think yeah. you have to be better with like once again just using words and yeah. really knowing like what they mean Laura, you're a white girl from Orange County, California. What do you have to say about this? Yes, thank you. As a fat white woman, I'm yeah. glad I had the final say on this. <laughs> um, 
I was waiting for my time. Uh, thank you. I reclaim my time. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've been reading, the, I've been listening to this audiobook on how to be an anti racist. Um, actually, no, it's how to be an anti anti racist. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, it's, uh, and one of the things that they talk about in the, in the book is that, you know, you should not, is that like basically like adding your two cents is almost like saying like the, the person who is talking about the person of color is talking about it is they are not validated unless you validate them. So I'm just going to say, I'm not going to, I think everything Dita said, even though I'm validating what she just said, I think everything Dita said is on point. I actually have a bigger question. Um, you know, we have been going through a, a revolution of sorts, uh, over this last year and a half of, um, race and I feel like Chicago is a big uh, part of that. Have you noticed a shift is in drag or or uh, just generally as far as like um, how you're treated or how your fellow uh, drag queens of color are treated? Um. Yeah. You know. I think. And feel already... free to say nothing has changed. So. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be very honest with you, it's it's slowly happening. It's not. It's okay. not. Like, well, I'm not seeing it happen as fast as I would like it because I'm just a, a greedy little, you know, dick pig. I guess they would mm-hmm. call it. But I, <laughs> I haven't really seen as much change as I want. I think that the conversation is happening, and I think Chicago. We've always been lucky because our dry our drag seat is really predominantly black i mean it is over 50 percent black queens and black entertainers in the scene here um so we've always had the conversation about race and i remember even when black girl magic started um it was funny me and vixen would have conversations about how literally it, we'd look out in the sea some we look out in the crowd sometimes when we do black girl magic and it would just be all white people. And I truly think that they were there not only to support us and advocate for us, but they wanted to learn more about our culture and what it is, why we do, you know, I always perform gospel songs. And I think that people who come to the show see like, oh, she grew up in the church. It's a part of like her upbringing. Um, Also, I think gospel music just makes people happy, you know, Um, but also it tells a story of like the church, you know, how black churches are. And I really like to give that experience when I'm on stage performing it. And so I, I, Chicago, I think we've done a really good job at bringing everything to the forefront and talking about the conversation because we've always had the conversation. And I've been saying that lately that that I truly think is the word of right now is the conversation. People need to talk about things, need to get off their chest. If you've been disrespected, if you feel microaggressions have been thrown at you, let's have these conversations. And I feel like Chicago, we've been having these conversations way before the pandemic actually happened. But I think that when 2020 happened, it definitely like open, it broke down the fourth wall to be able to really discuss with the bar managers and the bar owners who are all predominantly white and really tell them our stories of working in their establishments and what we dealt with. And, you know, I've worked, I'm almost, I've been doing drag for almost 20 years. And so even when I was telling my stories to some of the bar managers and the, and the GMs and the owners, they were shocked because they were like, well, you've been working in my establishment this whole entire time and I didn't know this. And I'm like, well, I have actually tried to tell you, but I feel it's going in one ear and out the other. But now I think it's kind of sticking to their brain like, this is what we're giving off and, and they don't like it. You know, it's not, I don't think that anybody likes to give off that energy. Sometimes people just don't know they're giving that energy off, but I don't think that, you know, I don't think they knew it. And so I think they're slowly, it's slowly happening. It's, you know, Rome was not built in a day. And so neither will this issue, this issue won't be solved in a day either. But I think Chicago is doing good. You know, we have the black drag council here. And I think that what I'm seeing is 
a lot of the Black queens are going to be working together and looking out for each other. And then the allies and the people who love and support drag, um, especially like, you know, you see with a lot of the, the white individuals are really standing up um, to really support Black drag and do anything that they can do to help us out to be, you know, more seen, more heard, more respected and everything. So... Perfect. Can I can I ask can I ask a question to follow up with that? Because as a mm-hmm. white person, like with because I I often relate this to um, as a white person that I I would want to consider myself as being in that audience of people trying to support and uplift the the, the black drag community. I kind of worry at times. So like, does it is it the similar reaction to like when you see a bunch of like straight people at a drag show? Like you know how like you like the bachelorette parties and it's almost like. Um, I, I, I worry about like the, the act of like performative like activism versus actually doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. so, so would you say like in Chicago though, it's been more, it's less performative and more actually like, things are actually progressing. Um, yeah, it is less performative most definitely because I think that even if you notice around the world, people are not allowing for performative activism to happen anymore. You know, yeah. if you post about, um, if you post about Black Lives Matter or if you post about some type of injustice or inequality that you see happening, it really, I mean, you really have to kind of uh, really know what you're talking about at this point now because uh, performance activism is just not allowed. And so um, the one thing I always say to anybody who is um, a person that is not of color, uh, basically a white person, I always say, just speak up. Just speak up when you see stuff. And that, that is something that I have been seeing online and I have been seeing, not necessarily in person because everybody's just been quarantining and kind of, you know, um, uh in the pandemic right now but definitely online you know i love that i'm seeing people speak up and stand up to the racist microaggression type of vibes you know because you know uh being a drag queen i think period you deal with kind of like this microcosm of what the world is but then also like being a drag race girl you then deal with this whole entire other level of racism that i don't even think a lot of people really understand, you know, you could simply send home a, 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 fan, a group of fans, favorite queen that is white. And you literally are like, just, you're just called everything out your name simply for doing what you're supposed to do, you know? So, yeah. That's um, speaking of supporting uh, black Queens during this pandemic, um, I don't know if, if like me, uh, Dita, you support the beautiful work of uh, the Vixens only fans. Um, uh, <laughs> Well, I've never seen the OnlyFans child. There's a, there's a, that's my sister. So there's a, like, there's a line I have to draw. I can't see no OnlyFans, baby. Like, I watched I, the OnlyFans <laughs> and it's, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, oh. speaking of black girl magic, uh, the Vixens OnlyFans is, uh, remarkable. All right. Uh, let's move on. Spe- <laughs> this is a great transition to the next story. And this, I think, believe, I believe this is another Chicago queen. Soju. Uh, are you aware of this Soju story, um, Dita? I actually just found out about this story maybe a few days ago. Um, uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was, I was in shock to like everyone else. Um, you know, I, well, I will say this, that the industry is very small. So I'm not going to lie because I like have just been in this industry for a really long time. I, mm-hmm. You hear everything, you know, I hear, I hear yeah. things about people that have, has never come out or yeah. things that eventually come out, you know, down the line. Um, so, you know, I have heard some things, but I never really, I always said, you know what, I'll believe it when I see the proof. And when I think I saw all the victims really coming out and speaking and sharing their stories, um, for me, I think what hit hit hard was that a few of the people who came out and shared their stories were people I know who do come to Black Girl Magic and support oh, really? the show. I see them, wow. at, I see them at the drag shows, period, just, you know, every single week when, you know, when everything was open. And I thought, wow, like, 
you know, this person isn't going to make this story up just yeah. to get attention. Like, this yeah. must really have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is really upsetting and disappointing. And, you know, Chinese, uh, she does not live in Chicago. She is LA's problem. Shout out to the girls in LA. I love my LA girls, you know, but honey, that's LA will deal with her. But what I, happened I, uh, with Soju? I huh? want to be I want to be careful, Lori, because a lot of it's coming from everywhere. So I don't I don't want to get anything wrong in this case. But she's being accused of a uh, sexual assault. <gasps> well, oh, I got to say this too that I definitely do like stand with the victims and understand. Yeah. Like you know, I I I I myself when I was like like 15 years old had an incident at at my job at my mm-hmm. first job I ever had where I was kind of sexually harassed, but not as like intense, but it was very uncomfortable, and I felt oh, like. Sorry really dirty and really like slimy when it happened and i thought you know i every time i hear stories about people who go through that i completely understand why you wouldn't want to say anything and i remember having like i waited to tell my parents about it because i was embarrassed but i also was like i didn't want them to react and all that and so i think you know i i definitely stand with the victims and i Mm -hmm. know i i stand by them and understand that you know it's hard probably to come out and tell such a, a horrifying story of something that you feel that you've been taken advantage of or some yeah, sort, you know? Yeah. Is she the drag queen who had the cyst? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, was yeah. it was it her or was it her cyst that assaulted people? Because, you know, <laughs> you know Yeah, that's a good idea, but she should blame the cyst, Lori. I never thought of that before. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. I've had a cyst and it's a mind of its own. So Yeah, you know, um, you know it, as everyone knows, I'm not the biggest fan of Soju. Right, oh, and I yeah. want, I Joe, want. The, no, Joe, you're the biggest, biggest soju fan. This must be no, that's I don't, not true. No, you I'm going to tell you. I went to, I went to this chest. drag con, and this soju was such a sour pussy. Did not like her. She was so rude sitting there with her done shot with soju. Well, and, now we know why. She saw you, and she said, "Oh, he's too fat to say." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think she did. I think you're right. She that, probably was yeah. like, "Oh, I wanted one of those yeah. twinks. I wanted yeah. an Evan Ayers to come yeah, up and hit my car." Yeah. yeah. Well, and I will. And I, you know, the interesting thing is, I actually told my boyfriend when I saw everything kind of going down on Twitter. I said to him, "I said, I knew it was only a matter of time until the like Me Too vibes started coming into the drag scene and the gay world because." Um, I think all of us have been in a dressing room with, you know, drag performers and people. And there sometimes there's some things that go on that people do consent to. But then there's also some things that go on sometimes that people don't consent to, but they don't mm-hmm. make a big life. They don't make a big deal about it because maybe they're embarrassed to have to say this mm-hmm. happened. And so I just am happy that I I mean, I know that I'm, I'm not I don't know if this is selfish for me to say. I'm just happy that I have never really had any of those. And so I've just kept my hands to myself. Because yeah. I just knew there was going to be a matter of time until this started really hitting drag, and especially the you know the drag race girls. I, I I always tell drag race girls that we have to kind of be careful too because you know there are you know there are like the groupies and everything, but you also have to be careful because sometimes what you think is consent maybe isn't consent from that person, you know, totally. and you have to be you, know, you have to be very clear like this is what we're doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I'm oh. sure Sherry Pye is glad that this is happening. She can take oh. some time out of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that same thing. Did you know? <laughs> did you know Sherry Pye, Dita? I didn't know Sherry Pye. I I think I believe I like maybe had met her in passing, like one, once or twice, being in New York, but I did not know her. Um, I I remember I did say to Heidi in closet because I you know I don't no matter what someone's done, I still somewhat have a heart 
and feel bad for like the scrutiny and the embarrassment yeah. that's yeah. my reason that they still have to deal with like mm-hmm. i still have a heart to like even if they've like done what they've done it's still like man like that has got to be hard to wake up to yeah. or like sit at home and watch yourself on tv and know that you just you're not reaping any benefits from this um so i remember i did tell heidi uh when everything had happened i said you know just send her you know my you know regards like i'm sorry this had to happen this way but at the same time like once again like if you're going to be in a public eye you have to really be careful about how you act because everybody's keeping tabs you know everyone's keeping tabs and the minute you get the spotlight shined on you or that red I, that light turns red then everybody's like oh well i have a story you know yeah me and it's time for you to be you know exposed so i kind of agree with you i think we're going to see more of like more people coming forward to unfortunately i think that you know in every community i think there's you know especially in the comedy community jesus christ but um i think in the drag community we're gonna see more and actually i feel like rupaul will probably cash in on it and you know they'll eventually be like an all-star rapists show <laughs> where it's just all the rapists of giraffe rupaul's oh, wow, pretty challenge you will be performing as their you'll be representing client yes yeah. well they can, they can start with some of their producers uh yeah. all right here we go now uh oh wait important question here from nami harder uh, he wants to know how long have you been subscribing to Afterthought Media, and uh, how did you come across the show? Um, I originally came across the show because my boyfriend is a huge fan of your show. He we we love watching the recap shows uh-huh. and then or listening to the recap shows, and then we love listening to the um, the rumor mill shows. Yeah. And so it just it, it's always a thing where we're like making dinner or if we're cleaning or mm-hmm. even sometimes we're like literally falling asleep. We put on your podcast and we just fall asleep to it. Or, or Shady Pines. We have actually listened to a few episodes of Shady Pines when we go on our like road trip stuff. I oh, say. I like that. Okay, very good. All right. Um, oh, okay, so why don't we call that a day there? Now, look, here's the deal. We're at a very important juncture in the show. Uh, uh. It's time for the spoilers. Dita, I don't know if you want to stick around. Evan, I don't oh. know if you, what you want to do. But time Can I for bring the... up something that I thought you were going to bring up? But I, didn't, I don't know why I thought you were going to bring it up. Yeah, sure, because Humble has to run okay. to, the, to the radio in any way. Okay. Here's, I, I've been wanting to bring this up for a while, but I, I keep forgetting. Um, this Harry Styles... I am so annoyed at the fact that people are falling over themselves talking about how he's he's celebrating gender fluidity because he wore an ill-fitting dress one time. And it's like, have people not heard of drag queens? Like, I just, I, I don't understand why people are falling. He's he's not a, he, he looks like a female sexual predator. And I just, I don't understand why people are falling over themselves. Well, Bloody. no, here's what I'll say. One, he's hot. Two, you know who's equally hot and been doing that and was doing it before Harry Styles was this uh, Jaden Smith. Mm, Jaden yeah. oh, yeah. Smith. Like, see, I like could see that. Yeah. Clothing. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe rumored to be dating Tyler, the creator, that go weird. You know about this drama where he, like, Jaden Smith I goes in interviews and says he's my boyfriend, and then Tyler, the creator, was like, no, what? I don't. Yes. Multiple yeah, times no, he goes no, and no, says. I think, was, I think Tyler was the one who called him out, but then Jaden was like, he didn't say anything about it. And here's the deal. I mean, I I would live if Jaden Smith was like, like, it would only make sense because, like, him and his sister both just seem so fluid and cool that it would make yeah. sense, like, they would just be by or or whatever like you know that 
I can get. That I can get. But sure. Harry Styles, everybody's acting like he's creating a fashion trend. It's like he wore a burlap sack. Like, let's calm down. Maybe he's going to dress do, like I, you. I, it's so interesting. I do agree with you uh, to some degree on that because he was recently on the cover of Vogue magazine, I believe. Yes. And I, I, here's the deal. I, I, I don't mind like, you know, the whole like, I'm kind of with you, Lori, about the whole idea of like the men wearing clothing and how it's like this new revelation of like people loving it. But I was like, why can't you put Billy Porter on the cover? Or like, yes. why can't you put like somebody? Because I agree with you, like he does wear like these ill-fitted clothing and that just annoys me first and foremost. But also like Billy Porter has actually been doing this and really like, this is like Billy, like Billy Porter has been starting this trend in my opinion recently, yes. like, recently where you've been seeing like men wear dresses on the red carpet and being really like, extremely like feminine with their fashion so that was my one thing when i saw the, the i saw the cover of that i was like this would have been great if they just would have put billy porter on the cover like this would have been iconic you know because yes. it's, it's it's two things it's one the media celebrates white men and two celebrates straight white men harry styles does that thing where he cock teases the gay community and she's like oh mm-hmm. am i but then has openly said he's not gay He's banging. He loves older women. Who's that chick he's banging Olivia now? Olivia Wilde. Wild, Olivia yeah. Wilde. He lo- he always loved mm-hmm. older women, and um, he's not gay. He but he, like him and Nick Jonas and so they do this cocktail with the gay community who buys into it. I buy. I, look, he's really hot, so I buy into it too. But yeah, at least I'll buy into it. It's better than James Corden. Oh, like, oh my god! Like what happened or, with James Corden? Well, it's also um, evident in twenty years that James. <laughs> Well, no, it's like like James Corden being cast in the lead of that terrible musical that Netflix put out. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, uh, yes. like all these other very talented gay actors. Oh, yes. like, prom is a little yeah. bit the problem. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Evan, are you going to stick around for spoilers or what's your story? Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's do the spoilers and get the fuck out of here. All right. First, and by the way, if you. You better get out of here. I'm going in the spoiler. The people who don't like spoilers. All right, here we go. For Drag Race US, the expected maxi challenge is the bag ball. Expected runway is... I think this this makes no sense to me. Infamous bag phrases. Infamous bag phrases. By the way... I mean, the only one that comes to mind uh, for obvious reasons is like purse first or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, hold on. That's the only one that would come to mind that everyone could truly reference and have a good time with. But uh, I mean, I don't... But like, wait, hold on. Like, like your Kamora Hall is one of your sisters, right? Dita. Like, so do you get? Do you get like? Do you already? These spoilers just old hat to you. Like, do you already know or? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's a huge group chat amongst the Drag Race girls, and so there's there's conversations, and there's there's sometimes they girls have projects that they want to do, and then they 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 include you in them, and then you kind of do the math of like, oh, this is what this is for. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't really, you know, it all is the same. (laughs) All right, here we go. The expected winner is Mick. Got Mick. Oh, Oh, good. Expected. Expected. That's the uh, transgender man, right? It yeah. sure is. I just I don't see gender, Lori, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um <laughs> the expected lip sync song. Now, by the way, uh is Fancy but not Nope Nope by Iggy Azalea. Oh Oh, you don't like that song? I don't like Iggy Azalea. Alright. The expected bottoms, Lori and Lori. And speaking of expected bottoms, Evan. If you had to guess, if you had to guess, Evan, who's going to be in the bottom of this challenge? I'm going to guess Joey J and 
I'm not spoiled, by the way. Uh, Joey J and like Elliot. Okay. Well, La- well La- I'm not- <laughs> I was going to say it right. Oh. Lala Ree and Joey J. So you were very close, Evan. Who's going home? Evan. I don't like. Dita probably knows. So I don't want to. It better not be Lala Ree. Because I'll be out if she's on this early. It's, okay, it's we get it, Evan. You support black people, all right? She's 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 the funniest. Yeah, I love her. Amazing, I love her. Yeah. Oh, she's I feel like she, me and her. I've, I've I've never met her. I don't believe, but I get the vibe that me and her would have so much fun together. She seems so much fun. By the way, why, like, Dita, why do you think it is they have not mentioned that Lala is Tamisha's drag daughter? I don't know. I think that maybe they're saving to wait that moment as a surprise, or maybe you know sometimes drag daughters and drag mother relationships aren't like always as close. Sometimes they're just there for like mentorship or like, you know, um, I need your advice. And then like, cause, like, cause like I was kind of like that with my drag mother. My drag mother was all, she was very loving and very there, but I, I kind of like was off doing my own thing. And then I always knew I could come back to her mm-hmm. and talk to her. So sometimes it just depends on, um, drag, you know, like the relationship aspect of it. And also the competition changes everything. When you're competing, everyone is there for themselves, you know, like we're yeah, all adults. Sure. All right, for Drag Race UK, I don't know what the mini challenge is, but the expected maxi challenge is called Who Wore It Best? It's a team's duos. Expected winner, Lawrence Cheney, the Scottish queen. Are you watching these international ones, Dita, or you just watch the American one? I wait to binge watch the UK ones because I, um, I mean, I know what's going on because I obviously see online, but I, I wait to just binge watch them because, I mean, I love Drag Race, so I like, I, and sometimes one episode is just not enough, so... I like, especially if I've never seen them, it makes it even better. So I like love to just sit and watch like four episodes in a row. Love But I am a huge fan. I have to say, I am a huge, huge fan of Miss Taste. She is everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, She is. She's fantastic. By the way, you said your boyfriend's a big fan of our shows. Why wasn't he here to say hi? Oh, he is. He's here. I could go. I could. I oh, we'll get him. We'll get him to the recording. The other thing, too, is, you know, after the episode aired where I, uh, on the public feed, on the public feed where I insinuated there was a drag queen that I talked shit on drag queen, I got so many calls from people who were like, "Who? Who is it?" Blah 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 blah. After your tweet where you dropped mention, did any of the of the queens call you? Uh, no, I had. I mean, I had a few. Uh, I had like a few that like reached out to me and were like, "Who are you talking about?" And I mean, I, I told yeah, them, "Yeah, I don't care." And who on the podcast? Yeah. I was like, "Oh no, it's like it's not you." It was like apparently it was my. Mm-hmm. And I, I agreed with you when you said that we don't know if it was her or if it was yeah. the management, but I think that this right here should be a testament to like, uh, and I don't know if maybe this is going to piss off some of my Drag Race girls, but you know, this is why I don't have a manager because I feel that managers sometimes uh, overstep and they don't really understand how their decisions will affect the, their client. Yeah, And so, you know, I, I've met a few times and she's very sweetheart but i i can't imagine even she would turn down that much money yeah, you know what i, I mean like yeah. well, I, yeah. I think the manager was very like well not gonna be there so now we have more money we can like couldn't make it so mm-hmm. like so like oh so now maybe we can get more and but i was uh, like because then no because oh, yeah. that's true and a lot of managers do think like that and what they don't understand is like that is, you know, I, I had a manager during my time on Drag Race just to help me kind of get connected mm-hmm. with everything. And then yeah. I kind of like, you know, separated myself from them. But uh, that was part of the reason why I felt to separate myself is because, you know, decisions sometimes, and I don't think people really understand it, sometimes decision, and this goes for any artist, this goes for a Lady Gaga or a Rihanna. Sometimes managers make decisions that they think are maybe 
the best for the artist, but they'd also understand that the artist has to deal with all the backlash. Nobody yeah. is finding the management to say, oh, well, how dare everyone is attacking the artist yeah. for a decision that the management team made. Yeah. And, and so nobody, that, nobody cares if you say, oh, my manager made me do it. Or absolutely. Absolutely not. I think that's why, like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, call her out or say her name. I just thought that is very interesting that you're being offered that much money in the middle of this pandemic. And, you know, every queen is struggling. I don't care if you have a makeup line or if you, you know, sell t-shirts or if you have two million followers or you are a top queen of the, you know, of, of the drag race, like platform or whatever. Every queen is really struggling right now to really like take care of themselves. And so I just would think, why would you turn down that money? You know, well, the good news was because a discussion that we were, there was a big dis- debate behind the scenes, even before we invited of like, do we spend this money on two people, two white queens, or do we do it with local queens of color? So we, for the most part, with the exception of Laganja, we went with local queens of color. Um, I have to get the full list, but it was um, local LA drag queens of like black girls, Latin girls. Lori. I don't know the story. You have to fill me. Oh, wait, wait, what do you mean, Evan? Don't you listen to the show? I, you know, I just, there's so much content. I just all kind of blurs together. Oh, does it? Well, he's, um, busy, I, he's busy having, uh, you know, figuring out what COVID and solving COVID. I yeah. really, I gotta yeah. get back to my Petri dishes yeah. here soon. By the way, uh, Drag Race UK, uh, expected bottoms are Ask Tina versus Tia, with the expected elimination being Ask Tina. Oh. Evan Ayers, will you ever come on again, Evan? Yeah. I mean, all this all this talk about separating from your manager is kind of making me want to leave right now. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would love to. Be there. I miss you. I really do. I miss this. I miss and you. Too. I and also, if you come I back, miss- then I can't sexually harass you. You. That's true. Oh, I've been sexually okay. harassing Evan. Yeah. For four mm-hmm. years. Yeah. 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 We're, this is this is all just going to come raining down on us one day. Yeah. We're going to find out. You're, you're going to be the next Soju Joe. All, yeah. these, all these offense about my yeah. time in LA are going to come out. We're going to uh, find out that yeah. Joe has like people in his basement or something. Little yeah. boys in his basement. It's just going to be like, uh, oh, God darn it. All right. Uh, Dina, thank you so much. Will you come on again? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I want to say hi to your boyfriend. Evan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I miss you. It was lovely meeting you, Dita. Thank you so much for your time, guys. All right, Lori, go to... Dita, do you have anything to plug, Dita? Um, yes. Um, uh, January 29th, I have uh, my Details the Drag Show that's going to be on twitch.tv slash Details the Drag Show. Um, I have Trinity K. Bonet and Morgan McMichaels um, and my IMHO sisters and some fabulous drag kings that are going to be performing and some surprise guests too. So check it out uh, January 29th at 10 p.m. All right. Very good. Lori, what about you? What are you going to plug? Uh, Bloody podcast. And um, uh, just that's it. All right. Very good. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for joining us on the rumor. Bye.